Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number 60 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the proposed changes to capital gains tax. Now, this could have a big impact on you as a property investor. This has been in the news recently because the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, has announced that capital gains tax might be one of the areas that he adjusts. This is because the government needs to bring in some revenue to compensate for all the money they've spent during the COVID-19 pandemic. You see, they had schemes like the furlough scheme, which was introduced to help companies so they don't have to make all of their staff employed, the ones they don't need during the lockdown and the pandemic. So they introduced this furlough where basically employees get 80% of the salary. They sit at home, they don't have to do anything, but they get 80% of the salary, which the government then pays. And what this means is that We didn't have millions and millions of people suddenly go onto the unemployment lines. So it was probably a really wise strategy, but sometime this has got to be paid for. Now, taxes are one of those things that every so often they do change. And it's important for you to keep up to date because this might affect the way you invest in property. So in this podcast, we're going to talk specifically about what is capital gains tax? When do you have to pay it? What are the proposed changes? And is this bad news for investors? So first of all, let's start with what is capital gains tax or CGT as it's abbreviated to. So this is the tax that you pay when you have a property that's not your own residence and you sell it and there's been some increase in the value. You've got to pay tax on that profit. Now, as I said, if you have your own home, your residence, and if that's gone up in value and you sell it at the moment, you pay no capital gains tax on that property. Although that could change in the future. Who knows? Now, a great strategy that many investors use is they go and find a property that needs some renovation. They move into it. They make it their own home. They add value through renovation. They live there for a number of years and they then sell the property. And the increase in value, they can take all of that profit completely tax free. And that's how people often move up the property ladder. They keep on moving up to bigger and bigger properties and they do it by buying, adding value and taking out the tax free money that they can use as a deposit for the next property that they move to. So it's a great strategy. But capital gains tax really affects an asset that you sell, could be shares or property. And in the case of property, it's somewhere where you don't live. So it's a rental property, a property you might have bought years and years ago. You've rented it out. You've added value to it through capital improvements. And eventually you decide to sell that property. So let's go through a numerical example to help you understand this. And you might need a pen and paper to jot down some of these figures. So let's say you buy a property for £110,000 many years ago. And let's say after 10 years, you decide to sell that property. Now, over time, you've spent some money on the property, improving it. You might have spent, say, £30,000 on putting a new roof in, a new kitchen, a new bathroom. So you've improved that property. But when you come to sell it, you get to sell it for £250,000. 
So the sales price is 250. There are gonna be some sales costs. You can take those off as well. So let's look at how much capital gains tax you might have to pay. So we start with the sales price of 250,000. Then we take off the original purchase price, which you remember years and years ago was 110,000. So that brings us down to a gross profit of 140,000. But there are some extra things we can take off before we work out how much tax you have to pay. So you can take off the original purchase costs and also the sales costs. And the sales costs are probably gonna be more for you because you're gonna to have to pay an estate agent, you're gonna to have to pay the legal costs. When you bought, you would have paid the stamp duty, albeit on a lower price, and also the legal costs. So let's say you've got 10,000 pounds of sales and purchase costs, which you can take off the gross profit. Remember, you spent that 30,000 pounds improving the property as well. So if you take the 140, less the 10, less the 30, that gives you a net profit of of a hundred thousand pounds. Now that you also get what's called a personal capital gains tax allowance each year. Currently it's 12,300 pounds. Now in the future that might change and actually if you own the property in joint names with a relationship partner maybe you both get that 12,000 pound 300 £12,300 allowance. What that means is you could sell this property if you own it in joint names of the money you have to pay capital gains tax on, the first 24,600 is actually tax free. And then on the balance, you pay tax at whatever your marginal rate is. So currently, if you're a lower rate taxpayer, you pay 18% capital gains tax. If you're a higher rate payer, you pay 28% capital gains tax. Now, a, a mistake that people often make is they think it's the difference between the sales price and the mortgage they have to pay off. Because let's say this 250,000 pound property has got a mortgage of, I don't know, let's say 180,000 pounds. That means the gross profit from the sale is only 70,000. And then if you take off your buying and selling costs of, let's say, 10,000 and your refurbishment costs, improvement costs of 30,000, it leaves only a net profit of 30,000. And then say it's owned in joint names, you pay your 24,600 allowance. So you've only got 5,400 on which you pay capital gains tax. And people think, oh, that's not a lot of tax to pay. But that's actually a mistake because they've looked at the mortgage rather than the initial purchase price. So this is very important to make sure you use the right figures. Now, the problem here is that if you've had a property that's had significant capital growth, if you've owned it for a long time and it's got a, gone up a huge amount, there might be a situation where you sell a property to release the money, but the amount of tax you have to pay is so much that actually all of the equity is taken up by paying the tax. Let me give you an example. So my very first property I purchased back in 1995 for 48 and a half thousand pounds. Now that seemed like a lot of money to me at the time, but I just started work and I was really keen to get onto the housing ladder. I'm so pleased that I made that decision. I still own that very first property and obviously it's gone up in value over time. When we had the market crash in 2008, 2009, it came down in value, but the long-term trend in the UK is up. And actually this property has stuck to the trend that is every 10 years, property prices double. So let's say um, actually the value of the property now is probably about 
330 to 300. Let's say it's 350 to make the math simple. So I bought for 48 and a half thousand. Let's say it's worth 350,000 now. The net, the gross profit there is 300,000 pounds. Now, obviously, there'd be some buying and selling costs, and I have spent quite a lot of money on the property over that time. But let's just look at that 300,000. And with uh, taking off a few costs, with 28% capital gains tax, because I'm a higher rate taxpayer, that would be close to 80,000 pounds of capital gains tax I'd have to pay on that property. Now, the property at the moment has a mortgage of about 230,000. So the sale would liberate only about 120,000 pounds of cash. Now there'd be some sales costs there, but actually if I was to do that and sell that property, I'd have to pay 80,000 pounds tax out of the 120 comes out. So it might only be 30, 35 left for me. So really it's not worth me ever selling that property. And this is an important point because if you never sell a property, you never have to pay the capital gains tax. Let me say that again. If you never sell, you never have to pay the tax. That's why many people, they buy property and they plan to hold them for life. Now, remember I talked about this personal capital gains allowance, which is 12,300 each year, or if it's in a partnership, you can double it up to 24,600. So let me share with you a really good strategy that many investors and I actually use as well. So each year, I will look at my property portfolio and I will identify a property that's maybe not such a good performing property. It's not got such a good uh, return on equity. I've talked about that in previous podcasts and I might sell that property. Now, why would I do that? If you sold one property a year, obviously eventually you'd run out of property. So what I do is I identify a property I want to sell. I can use my personal capital gains tax allowance and take out a lump of tax-free cash. And when you're a high-rate taxpayer, believe me, lumps of tax-free cash are very welcome. And then I take the profit and I invest it in another property, a better property. That's because over the last 25 years, you know, I bought properties which at the time seemed like great investment properties. But that was based on the knowledge I had at that time. And as you become a more experienced investor, as you learn more, you know, you'll probably make better buying decisions. And I've certainly got some properties in my portfolio, which if I had my time again, I would not buy those properties. So I see this as an opportunity each year to take one property, to sell that property, to get my personal capital gains tax allowance, to take take that tax-free money, and then all the revenue, the profit I make after paying tax, I invest that in a better property. So that means I'm not reducing the number of properties I have, I'm keeping the number about the same, but I'm just really strengthening my portfolio and improving the cash flow over time whilst taking out some tax-free income as well. So when do you actually pay capital gains tax? Well, it used to be you'd pay it nine months after the end of the tax year when you pay your other personal tax. However, that has now changed and actually you pay it 30 days after disposing of that asset. However, as I said, if you never sell the property, you never pay capital gains tax. So why is that? Well, the government think that instead of paying capital gains tax, which at the moment is 18 or 28 percent, if you hold on to that property, most people will pay down mortgages over time. So they'll end up with property with no mortgage on it, unencumbered. And then when you die, 
your estate has to pay inheritance tax, IHT, inheritance tax. And that is taxed at a higher rate, currently 40%. So the government's quite happy you not selling the asset during your lifetime to pay your capital gains tax, because when you die, you'll pay a higher rate of tax, which is 40%. Now, something I've talked about in Property Magic is a strategy, if you own properties in your own name, as many investors do, that actually, do you really want to pay off your mortgages? You see, your tenants are people who are paying your mortgages for you. When you refinance a property in your own name, you could take out money. There's no tax to pay on that money because it's um, it's debt. And actually, if you increase the mortgages over time as the value goes up and as the rents go up, what that means is you're decreasing your net assets. And it's your net assets on which your estate will pay inheritance tax. So when you die, they'll look at all of the assets you own. They'll take off your liabilities, your debts, your mortgages to work out your net assets. And on that net asset, after your um, IHT allowance, you pay 40% tax. However, if you're constantly increasing your debt, you're reducing your, your equity, you're reducing your assets. What that means is you pay a lot less tax. So... This is a lot of tax information I've talked about today, and it's probably really wise for you to sit down with a property tax accountant, not just a normal accountant, but someone who really understands property tax to understand this. And tax is so, so important to get your head around it, and it might influence the way you invest. Um, obviously, you should invest because something is primarily a good investment, but then you do need to consider the tax implications as well. So what are the proposed changes that Rishi Sunak is suggesting? Well, these are just proposals at the moment. The media have made a big thing about this because they're saying that some capital gains tax might even double. It might go up to the 40% mark. Now, this is just a proposal at the moment. And I wonder why people sometimes get so upset and so frustrated because this might not happen. Very often, governments talk about bringing policies and changes in, and then they get lobbied and things don't actually happen. So it's very good to be aware of these things, but don't panic. Don't have any knee-jerk reactions. We need to see what actually comes into practice. Then we can decide what we do. So is this bad news for investors? Well, I think we need to recognize that change is inevitable. Things do change over time, and we need to adapt to those changes. If I think back to when Section 24 was first announced in July 2015, and it was put into practice in April 2017, a lot of investors really panicked about this because Section 24, on the face of it, is very bad news for property investors. I've talked about this before. I'm sure you know what it is, but just for sake of completeness, Section 24 is the changes to the way that we are taxed as property investors on our property income. And so what it means is if you own property in your own name, which the vast majority of investors did, and if you are a higher rate taxpayer, which many investors are because they've got property and they've got lots of income coming in, and if you have mortgages, it means you're going to pay a lot more tax on your property income. Now, this has been phased over four years. And this is pretty bad news for most landlords and investors who own property in their own name. But my belief is you can either choose to focus on the negative, and this is pretty bad, don't get me wrong, 
or you can always look for the opportunity. So in section 24, there's been a huge opportunity, which is that many long-term landlords who are maybe planning to hold that property for a very long time have actually decided to retire early and sell some of their properties. And so these are properties that have come onto the market, maybe in areas which we thought we wouldn't be able to buy properties in. So for example, if you do HMOs, houses of multiple occupation, where you rent out individual rooms to people on multiple contracts. Um, certain parts of the country now have Article 4 where you can't actually get any more HMOs. They don't want more HMOs, but you can buy an existing HMO in an Article 4 area from a landlord. And some of these landlords have started to sell their property. So it's opened up this market again for us. And actually, if you understand strategies such as purchase lease options, we can use those tools to help landlords who might want to sell their properties, but because that personal capital gains tax allowance, they don't want to sell them all in one year. They want to phase the sales over a number of years. This is why purchase lease options are a great strategy and tool to be able to take on properties from a landlord and manage those properties and get cash flow from those properties that you don't actually own and help the landlord to have a schedule of when you're gonna buy those properties off them over the next three, five, seven years to help them minimize their tax. This means that you can control property, get equity growth and cash flow from properties you don't own whilst helping these landlords solve their problem at the same time. So whilst there is Capital gains tax is maybe bad news for investors. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Maybe there's going to be some opportunity there. And I always encourage you to think about the positives and look for the silver lining. There's always a silver lining if you know what to look for. So again, I do hope this has been useful. We have to wait and see to actually what comes in, but I want to be aware of what is capital gains tax and how does it really work and what the potential changes are. Now, obviously, if you own property in a company structure, which is the way most people are doing it moving forward, at the moment, when you sell a property in a company, you don't pay capital gains tax the profit is subject to corporation tax, which is a lower rate. And this again might be another incentive that's trying to encourage private investors to put their properties into a company structure. You see, I don't think the government want to have millions and millions of private landlords. They want to have the property owners as companies and institutions because they can tax them easier, they can regulate against them easier, and that's definitely the way the government are trying to move with this. Um, there is talk that maybe capital, uh, maybe corporation tax might be uh, increased in the future as well. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. If you got value from this podcast, I'd love it if you could give me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you downloaded the podcast from and say what specifically you got out of the podcast, the value you're getting, because then hopefully more people will see it and be able to access the completely free information that we put out every Tuesday morning for you. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.